Hello, hello, everybody. I am your host, Michael Lombardo. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you want to find out more about our ministry, you can go to www.lifepouredoutintl.org. You can get a lot more information there. You can also get a copy of my book, Immersed in His Glory, A Supernatural Guide to Practicing and Abiding in God's Presence. Um, you'll get, you can also get a whole bunch of information there. But this podcast, Awaken Podcast, releases every Monday and Thursday if you're new to the show. Um, have amazing guests on from all over the world, as well as just teaching episodes where I share revelation from the scriptures that I believe will really encourage you, bless you, stir you, um, you know, stir on, you know, spur on your faith in the Lord and uh, really encourage you. And so anyways, I want to, like I always do, I share a scripture in the beginning of the show. I really, last night as I was praying into this, I felt this strongly on my heart. And so I know this is for you. I'm going to read, this is Ephesians chapter six. I'm going to read a good portion of scripture here, but we love the word of God. So it's Ephesians six verses 10 through 18, Ephesians six verses 10 through 18. And this is out of the new American standard Bible. This is the apostle Paul. And he says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, powers, world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18. And with all prayer and petitions, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for the saints. I just feel like as believers, we need to know how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We need to know how to build up our spirit, strengthen ourselves in the Lord, use the word of God, strengthen ourselves in the word of God, use the word of God, pray in the spirit, because honestly, we're all going through, you know, um, you know, struggles and trials in our life. You know, some of us are going through more than others right now, but as believers, none of us are immune to it. And we need to, you know, we're all drafted into the army of God. We are in the world, but not of the world. There are spiritual forces all around us trying to tear us down, trying to cut our fruitfulness back so we do not live in victory and fruitfulness in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, the Lord has given us every um, tool that we need to succeed and to walk with him and to fulfill our calling in this life. And I just believe this is a very vital subject. We need to you know, walk in victory. The Lord bought victory for us and we need to learn how to walk in that victory. We have every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been strengthened by his spirit so we could walk in this. And so no further ado, I want to get into the bio of my guest here today. His name is Corey Russell and his passion is to awaken the church to the beauty of Jesus. Amen. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit and the revelation of intercession, uh, intercession and a longing for Jesus' return. He's written five books and released um, several prayer CDs. Um, him and his family spent 18 years in Kansas City, Missouri with the International House of Prayer, and they are currently on the pastoral team at Upper Room Church in Dallas, Texas. Um, he's been married to her, uh, his wife um, for over 20 years, and he has three daughters. Thank you, Corey Russell, for joining me on the program. It's an honor to be here, man. <laughs> it's truly a blessing. I followed your ministry for a while. You know, I've 
been plugged into the International House of Prayer, and I live in Dallas as well as you, and I'm always at Upper Room prayer sets, and man, God's doing amazing things through Upper Room. And um, one thing that I always like to ask my guests when they join me is about their encounter story. How did you encounter the Lord for the first time? And, you know, how did you even get plugged into the house of prayer and wind up at Upper Room and uh, in the International House of Prayer? I just find like God, he, he encountered you and he led you to this prayer movement. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm originally from uh, Northwest Arkansas, uh, just outside of uh, Fort Smith. Grew, grew up in a great family, and, but I didn't know Jesus in a real personal way. I was athlete, you know, good-mannered boy, but I didn't know Jesus. I don't know how it happened, but this little eight-year-old white kid from Arkansas got into gangster rap music, and uh, <laughs> and it kind of just characterized a lot of my teenage years. I did yeah. well, and I made decent grades, athlete, da 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 and, uh, and then I go off to college near Little Rock, Arkansas, and just the partying increases, and long story short, in um, – in the fall of uh, in the fall of '96, we we had found ourselves. I'm now living with my good friend back in Fort Smith, and we're doing by this time with. I didn't know who I was, and I had a big appetite for pleasure, and I wanted sure. to go deep into it. And we were, you know, we were doing the drugs that were keeping you up three or four days a week, yeah. just way out there. And and but my friend had a praying Pentecostal mother that was just you know <laughs> she'd pray all the all the time. I remember I. He was, she was always praying and, uh, and, uh, he went through a season to where he just began to act weird. He stopped talking to us and the drugs were touching him in a deeper way and messing him up. And that went on for about four months and we just kind of put up with it. And, um, and, and then it culminated, it was February 1st, 1997. I had been at the university of Arkansas partying that night and I showed up at his house another day to hang out with him. And he comes, I mean, again, his mom was one of those kind of, I call them devil come out or I'm coming in after you kind of mom <laughs> that just, anoint, that just, that just anoint everybody with oil Sure. and they never sleep. And she would put an anointing oil on my pillow mm-hmm. and try to anoint my ears and all that kind of stuff. And so, but it was February 1st, 97. I showed up at his house another day to hang out. I hadn't seen him in a few days and he comes running out the front door, screaming at me at the top of his lungs. Corey, it's heaven or hell. Corey, it's heaven or hell. You have to make a decision right now. And so he's running at me and I'm like, dude, what's wrong? He goes, you need to give your life to Jesus. This is the first conversation I've really had with him in four months because he wasn't talking. He was just weird. Uh And it culminated with this. And so I ended up grabbing my buddy. We leave. And it was known that his mom had led him through a powerful three-day deliverance. He got saved, came to Jesus. And and I was angry. I felt uh, betrayed. I put up with a weirdo for four months just to lose him. And <laughs> two weeks later, he showed up at college and, um, and, he, and he took me to lunch and he began to share with me that for those four months, the spirit realm was opened up to him. He was seeing angels and, and demons and seeing that we were being controlled by forces outside of us. And he says, Corey, this was really freaking him out. He didn't know who to talk to about it. And it went on to where the last night the Lord broke into the middle of the party and spoke to him and said, Satan's raising up an army, but I'm raising up an army too. And I'm Mm. calling you out tonight. And I want you to go call your friends out. And so he's telling me this saying, Corey, you need to give your life to Jesus. Hell is real. Give your life to Jesus. And by this time I had two DWIs. My license was gone. 
And and I just looked him in the face and said, dude, shut up. Take me back to school. Yeah. And so he said, he said fine. And so he, he drove back to the college, pulls into the parking lot right before I get out of the van. I, for the first time, I experienced, I felt the Holy Spirit fill the van. And wow. before I knew it, I was beginning to shake violently like I was having a seizure. And the power of God was just touching me. And all I could see was flashes of a tug of war battle between light and darkness over my soul. Mm. And, uh, and so he pulled in the back of the parking lot and he starts just praying, starts taking authority over different things. And before I knew it, I was choking and I knew I had to get out the name Jesus. But, but all I could get out was G's, 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 G's. Mm-hmm. And I'm in there, I'm screaming G's. He's in my ear screaming, say it, say it, say it. I said, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And finally, I just took a deep breath. And with all the power inside of me, I just screamed Jesus. And, and, and right when I did, it's like the hold around my neck broke. And it was like God came and breathed into my mouth. And all I can say for about the first five minutes is I've got air. I've yeah. got air. I've got air. <laughs> wow. And he's, he's running around the van dancing, screaming Jericho's come down and da, 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 da. And, and, uh, and, and, and after a few minutes, I heard a voice as clear as day coming to my mind. The voice says, get out of the van, get on the pavement and give me your life. You're mine. <laughs> and wow. so I jump out of the van. It's February 18th, 1997 and college parking lot, kids running everywhere. And I'm on the ground screaming at the top of my lungs. Jesus Christ, I give you my life. I'm yours. And, and I experienced instantaneous salvation, deliverance, and, and just wrecked. I, I went home that afternoon. This had just, you know, just fell into my mom's uh, lap and, you know, just so much turmoil had been really, uh, had done over the years. And I remember sitting on my porch swing for two hours that afternoon, undone by how, uh, blue the sky was, how green the grass was and how loud the birds were. And, uh, <laughs> And we, we walked, we moved into, we moved into a season of revival after that. I led my brother to the Lord who went crazy in the high school. And we saw about, you know, half the high school come to Jesus. And the first six months were four to five meetings a week. And I just, I just fell in love with the presence of God. Amazing, man. I mean, I love your story. I actually relate with it a lot. When I, uh, my mother was, uh, spirit filled, speaking in tongues over us, reading the Bible to me every night, praying for me. And, uh, she put uh, an anointed cloth in my pillowcase and I realized it was there. <laughs> I had an yeah, anointed yeah. cloth, oil, oil on the door, you know, and everything as a teenager doing yeah. drugs. I was a hedonist. I was seeking pleasure in all the wrong places. I had to come to the end of myself, just like in, uh, in Ecclesiastes, uh, where the, uh, where King Solomon said, I tried this, I had this, I had that, I had women, I had money. I was the wisest person in the world. But at the end of the day, vanity of vanities and i had to come to that place where i was broken and nothing was making me happy and when i encountered the presence of the lord in my room it was the greatest feeling the greatest it was just the love of god poured into my heart and i remember thinking to myself this is better than any drug i've ever done and everything else was a counterfeit pleasure all inferior counterfeit pleasures the presence of god is a pleasure i was created for and i remember walking out of my room going outside and when I used to do hallucinogenic drugs, I remember I felt like everything was alive, like the trees were breathing and the, 
and everything seemed alive, you know, and everything is alive. But I, it was just this. And then I remember looking around like blinders off my eyes. Everything was breathing. I just felt like, like, like you were talking about, you heard the birds and you and the breeze and the trees. And it's just like, it's, it's like you're brand new. You were born again. You're able to see things through the light of his presence and love, That's right. you know, instead of that's that right. dark, instead of that dark veil. And so that's powerful, man. I love, I love hearing stories of how the Lord redeems people and their experience with, with God. That's incredible, man. So how did you wind up in that, in the house of prayer? You fell in love with the presence of God and now you're, now you're in the, in this amazing prayer movement. How did this wind up happening? Yeah. I mean, how we got from there is I just began to hang out with these older women intercessors and, and we began to connect. We were about four hours South of Kansas city. And I began to connect with uh, what God was doing with Mike Bickle and, and pastoring the church there and then shifting to the house of prayer. And I began to have this longing inside of me that I want to spend eight hours a day in the presence of God. <laughs> and this, I want to, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I want to do for my job. I want to be in the presence of God. And I got married to my wife in 98. She's a prophetic you know, singer, worship leader. And then we had our first daughter in 1999. And after graduating as a teacher, we just both knew we had to go for it. So it was December of 2000 when we made the journey to Kansas City. Uh, to become intercessory missionaries. And, and we were there from 2000 to 2019. And I, I never thought about anything else other than just sitting in a chair, crying over Bible verses and asking him to send revival <laughs> and, um, and asking him to send his presence. That, that was my goal. That was my plan that I wanted to do with my life. And, and I'm still good to do that. But yet he, he, other things came out of that, but I've never graduated from the core cry. I want to cry over Bible verses and I want to ask him to send revival. <laughs> and, um, and so that, that's what's kind of led me. I spent 19 years there and just the Lord did amazing things. It was the best of times, the most intensive times. And it's where I met Jesus, fell in love with the Bible, grew in the spirit of revelation, grew in the spirit of prayer. And God began to open up doors for me to uh, share that with others. Absolutely. Out of that. Absolutely amazing, man. I love that so much. And now you're you're at the Upper Room um, Prayer House over here in Dallas, and God's doing amazing things through you. And so, man, I'm grateful to have you on. And one thing that I really felt was on my heart to share today, I really, I was praying into it, and Ephesians 6 was just heavy on my heart. And I just feel like people are struggling right now. People are fighting, but a lot of people are using natural weapons, and they're fighting, you know, in a very natural way. But the scripture here highlights that no matter what we're going through in life, no matter what the spiritual warfare is, no matter what's going on in the natural, no matter what we're struggling with, you know, spiritually, whether it's sin or no matter what it may be, maybe, you know, um, you know, the climate, you know, because of COVID-19 and and, you know, the economy and everything else like that. We do not fight by our own might and power. We are completely dependent on him and that our war is not with flesh and blood, not with the government, not with people, not with coworkers, but with spiritual forces. And what would you, I just feel like social media, everyone's, everyone's voicing their opinion and everything like that. Like, what would you, I just want to encourage and strengthen believers today to really equip themselves with, 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 with some spiritual tools. What would you say to believers that have been more fighting using, you know, natural weapons and thinking naturally when it, when it, when it comes to um, realizing we're in a spiritual war and how to really set our mind like Flint in this time. Yeah, of course. I, I think your verse, the verse that you uh, read there at the beginning is the one that we need to connect with. And specifically verse 10, where it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yes. And I, I think there has to be a transference from 
our might, our understanding, our strength into us tapping in or us accessing the might and the strength of the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that is the first element is the coming to the end of yourself. I, I've just been saying this lately, the more and more that I'm, and I'm feeling that I, Christianity is not about trying harder. It's, it's not mm-hmm. about working harder. It's about connecting more with a real person. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and we need, all need to understand if anybody that's listening on this, if you have given your life to Jesus, the greatest miracle that has ever taken place has already taken place in your life. Greater than any blind eye popping open deaf ear, any miracle that you think you would want to see, the greatest miracle is that in one supernatural moment, God took of his very own substance, his very own nature, and, and imparted and infused it into our dead spirit. And in one supernatural moment, we were forgiven of our sins, and God came and took up residence inside of us. Yeah. That, that whether, like, whether you're like me and it was an explosive moment, or if you were a five-year-old little girl who felt bad over your heart, the same miracle took place, and it's the miracle of the new birth to where the very life of God comes to dwell on the inside of you. We have the Shekinah glory of God. We have the life of God, the might of God, the strength of God. We have the very glory of God dwelling in our spirits. And, and I feel like many <clears throat> believers will say that in theory. We'll, we'll even agree with it, but we don't access it. Yeah. We, don't, we, we haven't taken time to access the might of God on the inside of us. And we see like Holy Spirit as kind of the get out of jail free card as not the third person of the Trinity that's came to, to, to help us and to strengthen us and to get us out of natural reasoning and get us into supernatural reasoning. And so I think it begins with that. I mean, I, I like to say this to people that we need to thank God that, that we didn't blow up in our sleep last night. Yeah. Or that we don't have smoke coming out of our ears right now. We have the, we have the third person of the Trinity dwelling in our spirits. Christ in you, <laughs> yes. the hope of glory, mm-hmm. riches of his glory, treasure in earth and vessels, divine power and divine glory. And so I, I believe that that right there is the playing field by which we then say, God, teach me how to receive and to access the life of God. I want to stand in the power of his might and not in the power of my might. I want to stand in the power of his understanding and not my understanding. Mm-hmm. And so then it begins to beg the question, how? How do we access the riches of his glory? How do we begin to access his might in our thinking, in our emotions, in our bodies, in our lives? How do we get out of this, the Fox News and CNN spirit and we get into the Holy Spirit and begin to access the mind of God and the will of God and the ways of God? And, and so that's why I believe once you've established who's there, how do you access him? And I found that it's what you hit in here. It's meditation in the Word of God. It is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's favorite chariot to ride in is the Word of God. Holy Spirit rides on the Word of God. Yes, when you yes. take the Word of God and you speak it back to God, it actually imparts divine life and divine power to your spirit, man. Oh, absolutely. So and the I- Word... You know, 
Yeah, yeah, jump in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just wanted to state, I loved what you said about, you know, the greatest miracle that can ever take place is being born again and having the spirit of God, the fullness of God dwelling on the inside of us. And I just have always said that the reason why I want to obey the Great Commission, the reason why I want to go to the nations and preach the gospel and share the gospel with friends and family is because I have the heart of the Great Commissioner, because I know the heart of my God, because I don't just follow him from a distance, but it is Christ in me. I'm walking with him. He's doing these things through me. It goes from, instead of being purpose-driven, we become presence-driven, knowing that eternal life is to know him. It's not just a place we're going to go one day, but eternal life is knowing him here and now. And those that do great exploits are those who know him, according to the prophet Daniel. And so it's this, and how do we get to know him? It's through the word. And even just to kind of you know, go into what you were saying here, you know, the word of God, the importance of the word of God. I think the apostle Paul begins to, as the verses go down, he starts saying, okay, now, you know, this is, this is what you must do. You know, don't be strong in your own power, but stand in the strength of his might. Now, this is how you do it. And he's saying, gird your loins with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm sorry for interrupting there. I'd love to hear more about the Word of God. That'd be great. No, no, no. I mean, I I love it. I just wanted to establish verse 10. And I then think that is how we put on his righteousness. That's how we step into, that's when you, you, you step into his righteousness becoming our righteousness, his truth becoming our truth, salvation, gospel of peace. All of the dynamics of the armor of God are defensive in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, all of them are defensive against the wiles of the devil, is against the works of the evil one. But I, but the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that's one of that and praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Those are our two offensive weapons mm-hmm. that, that, I, that I believe that God wants to teach us how to engage. This is how Jesus fought the devil in the wilderness. He, he just heard from the father, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he went to the wilderness and the very revelation he received, the devil said, oh, if you are the son of God, then prove it. Turn the, bre- uh, turn the rocks into bread. Throw yourself down from this mountain. Worship me. And what does, how does Jesus fight the devil in the wilderness? It mm-hmm. is written. That's right. Man shall not live by bread alone. He wields the sword of the spirit he cuts off the works and the wiles of the devil. And it says that after that temptation, that the devil left him until a more opportune time. That was three and a half years later. Yeah. That's the power of the word of God that can, sh- that can, I mean, some of you in this season are under intense anxiety, intense fear, intense shame, intense uh, things that you've maybe never felt before at the levels you're feeling them. I get it. I felt it all. I've been there. And in those seasons, I just hear Ephesians 6, 10 saying, Corey, get out of your own might. You can't fight the devil in your own might. You can't fight the devil in the flesh. You got to get into the power of the spirit. And I want you to begin to whisper the word of God, declare the word of God. And, and that's what, that's what moves the devil, not us screaming or our whatever. It's the word of God. Amen. One thing I always love to say is that one word out of the mouth of God, one truth from the word of God has the power to shatter a thousand lies. And this is one thing I'm grateful. I'm grateful that when I got saved, uh, my parents were um, in a word of faith church. 
Um, you know, I got teachings from Joyce Meyer and Kenneth Hagin and John Bevere that had a huge emphasis on the power of God's word. You know, Kenneth Hagin always talk about singing the word, meditating on the word, memorizing the word, walking in the word, you know, and Joyce Meyer always talked about the word of God and, and, you know, using scriptures like Ephesians six. And that was a foundation for me. And I'm very grateful that, you know, at a, at a, you know, um, as a new believer that I, that I, that I learned these things. And I just feel like so many people, if anything, their only relationship to the word of God would be maybe 10 minutes in the morning, or some people only read the Bible a couple times a week, or maybe they'll just listen to it in their car, but there's not as much of an emphasis on memorizing the word, speaking the word, even yeah. singing, singing the word of God, you know, and then have in, in that relationship with God's word, you become the word and you begin to walk it out by the grace of God in your everyday life, what would you say to somebody who maybe they're just spending a little bit of devotional time with God here or there, but they've got, you know, five kids and they, you know, got a, got a, um, a very demanding job. Like how could people begin to on a practical level really engage with the word of God? Yeah, I, I would just say find a consistent time and place to meet with God and don't ever miss it. Don't ever miss the appointment. Hmm. It Regardless, I, it's not about the amount of time. It's about the consistency and the faithfulness with that allotted time. And yeah. so I would, for me, you've got to find your power time. When is the best time that is filled with the least amount of distraction? And for me, it's at 6 a.m. That, yeah. That's when, before anybody else gets up, I've got to, because we've got to understand that if we're going to, if we're going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, We've got to begin to receive from God before the swirls come, before the text and the emails and the conversations. We've got to find those moments to get marked by God that brings us into alignment. Whether you have 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, be faithful with that time and let your heart reach for God in that time. And you're going to begin to one, you're going to find your capacity grow. And when your capacity grows, your hunger grows. And then you begin to prioritize it and you go, you know what? I got to get up 15 minutes earlier because this is too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so and- that's what I would say. I'd say throw it out because I want a lot of people say, well, I only got 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. Jesus will show up in your 15 minute window mm-hmm. and then you live out of the overflow and that your heart turns towards him while doing the dishes and taking care of the kids and working the job. Your heart continually, you learn how to commune with heaven while having your hand doing the task of this world. That's right. That's right. It just takes a moment of acknowledgement of the Lord, just a moment of turning your attention, your affection, your heart to him. You know, when I, I used to strive so much in prayer and sometimes I'd receive something, other times I wouldn't, I'd feel as dry as an old piece of wood. And then, and when I began to understand his love towards me and that he's always with me, he never leaves me nor forsakes me. And when that became a revelation to my heart. All it took was a moment of Jesus. Thank you. And then a fresh wind of his presence would just overcome my heart. Yeah, God sees your heart more than your actions, more than what you're doing. He he sees the heart. He sees your love for him, your desire for him, your you know, he 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 looks beyond, you know, what we could see in the natural into our hearts. And so that's that's beautiful, man. And then you know, even just going down in the scripture here, he talks about the importance of the word of God using this the you know, the sword of the spirit. And then he also talks about praying in the spirit. He says, with all prayer and petition at all times, praying in the Holy Spirit. And so I know this is a subject that's that's um, very significant for you because you wrote all, you, you, you wrote an entire book on praying in tongues and praying in the spirit. I'd love for you to share about the importance of that as well. Yeah, I, 
I cannot overemphasize it. I would say Bible coupled with the Holy Spirit is nitrogen and glycerin. <laughs> the Apostle Paul, and, and again, I believe there's all kinds of prayer, praying in the Spirit. I believe when we pray Bible, it's, it's praying in the Spirit. Tears are praying in the Spirit. Groans, shouts, those authorized times. But Paul says in Corinthians that when we pray in tongues, our spirit prays. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, he says that when a man speaks in tongues, well, first he says this in verse 18, he goes, I thank God that I speak with tongues more than all of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, ta- and when I, when I quote that verse, I believe that, that there, I'm not talking about the corporate use of tongues for a corporate Sunday morning service. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the private devotional language between your spirit and God. I believe it's a gift available to everybody. Mm-hmm. I believe God is indiscriminate of it and to the hungry ones that desire it. He will fill you and he will meet you in this way. And Paul said, I thank God that I do this more than everybody else. I think that right there, the man who wrote the almost the whole New Testament, whose life ministry is is, you know, changed history. This man, whether working or preaching or in prison, did this all the time. I think it's one of the greatest insights into his devotional life. And in, into so many dynamics, he, he says in first Corinthians 14, he said that when a man speaks in tongues, he doesn't speak to men, but he speaks to God. Yeah. He says that he speaks mysteries in the spirit. He edifies himself. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just want to say, I believe that the thing that the charismatics are most known for is the thing we do the least of. <laughs> and I believe that most of us have turned it into a badge. A religious spirit is actually accompanying it because we got it. This is what the religious spirit does is that it makes you believe you've arrived. Yeah. And so the devil will move in any kind of way he can to thinking that if you've arrived and you've got it, then that's all that it is. We've got to understand that tongues is a gateway gift into the treasure chest of heaven, into the heart of heaven, the mind of heaven, the will of heaven. And so my vision is for a generation to begin to give themselves to 20 minutes a day and to watch what happens and for them to experience the shift through praying in tongues. Oh yeah. I've got friends all over the world that, you know, can speak in tongues. God has graced them with that gift and they just don't use it because they believe the lie of the enemy that, Oh, I'm just speaking gibberish. What am I really doing right now? But we need to trust more than anything in the word of God, that there is benefit, you know, and all the scriptures that you mentioned, you mentioned six or seven scriptures with the apostle Paul, um, you know, very, um, you know, clearly declares the importance and the power of this gift. And we need to believe that more than any lie or any thought that crosses our mind. And it could be done throughout the day. Honestly, it, you know, people think that you got to shout it, you know, from the rooftops because maybe they saw somebody in church or maybe that's their perspective of it. No, you could mutter it to yourself. You could be in your car driving. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, you know, sometimes it doesn't even need to be done verbally. You could do it internally. Like there's just, you can commune with the Lord throughout yeah. the day and there's literally a strengthening when I when I pray in the spirit, when I pray in tongues specifically, I feel literally a strengthening in my spirit, you know, being built yes. up in my spirit where, where where the Lord dwells in the inside of me. And so this is this is important. I've got I had a whole show on this about you know um you know a few weeks ago sharing on this because I just really believe the Lord is highlighting this now to believers all over the world. And you know another thing that I kind of want to highlight from these scriptures here, just kind of going through Ephesians six is. You know, after he talks about praying in the spirit, he says, also be on alert and pray for all the saints. 
And I would just like to say something about that really quick. It's it's also the power of intercession here. You know, the Apostle Paul is yeah. bringing up, kind of closing this out, where, hey, our eyes are always focused on ourselves, our needs, our wants, our, our circumstances. But the Apostle Paul is saying, stand up against the wiles of the enemy, use the word of God, you know, to, to defeat him and to silence him, and pray in the spirit at all times to strengthen yourself. And he's also saying, but also be on alert and pray for all the saints. Get your eyes off yourself pray for others yes (laughs) and how powerful is that i'd love for you to share on that no i mean it one just feeds to the other yeah the bible with the spirit it takes because this is the problem and this is how you engage and it brings us back to the first question how do we get out of self uh uh you know just lost in our circumstances lost Mm -hmm. in ourselves lost is that we come into the power of his might and Jesus delivers us from us so that we can look outside of us and that we can focus on the world around us mm-hmm. and we can spend our strength and our energy for others while the world is looking to hoard up as much for themselves. The believer is strengthened to get delivered from themselves to actually be Christ in the world yeah. and to focus and to pour themselves out in intercession. And the Bible and praying in the Spirit strengthen that life of intercession is the power of prayer. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think, I think he's, gonna, he's delivering us. We're going to get mighty in spirit in this hour. I'm grateful for these hours because they, they expose, they kind of give us a pop quiz of where we're at. Mm-hmm. And they, get, they say, let's shift some things so that we can move into a new season. Yeah, and, I, that, and that's why I really feel like the Lord highlighted this to me. Like, this is what God is saying, arise, O sleeper. You know, uh, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The Apostle Paul said that to believers. He said that to the Ephesian church, and that is my heart behind Awaken Podcast. I have a desire to see the body of Christ awaken to the beauty of Jesus, to who they are in Christ, uh, the riches and the power that is available to them, the authority that's available to them, so we can truly be who we're called to be in this world, in this hour. And so, man, I love your heart. I, I, I believe that this is what God's doing and saying right now, and I would love for you to speak directly, because I know there's people listening right now that are saying, I feel defeated. I feel like I'm on, you know, I'm constantly on defense and I'm constantly being attacked by the enemy. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of this rut. I would love for you to speak into that and feel free to pray and minister as you feel led. Yeah, I would just say to you guys, one is I get it. We're all there, but I want you to know heaven's in your corner. The father is seated on the throne far above every principality and power and ruler and dominion. Jesus, it says this in Hebrews seven twenty five that Jesus forever lives to make intercession. He told Simon in Luke twenty two thirty one, Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you've returned, strengthen your brethren. Some of you mm-hmm. feel all the fault lines on the inside of you exposed. You're, you're in a bad place. I want every one of you to know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and he's praying for you. You have the spirit of God within you, Romans 8 making intercession for you with groanings, which are too deep to be uttered. You have God within, God above, God around, and you have the Hebrews 11, the cloud of witnesses cheering you on, that Mm -hmm. you and them are connected, that they would not enter into the fullness of what they have apart from you. You have heaven in your corner. And I want you to know that God has brothers and sisters. You're not alone. God has placed his life within you. And, and, and in the name of Jesus, 
I just stand with you right now. I hold your arms up. I lift up your eyes. Psalm 3, it says, uh, you are the lifter of my head. You are my God, and you are the lifter of my head. And Father, pray right now that you, I just, I just take authority over every uh, spirit of fear and anxiety and worry, every tormenting spirit, accusing spirit, lying, every work of wile of the evil one. In the name of Jesus, I break your power. I declare peace to every storm. I declare joy to depression. I declare praise to heaviness. I declare beauty to ashes. And I pray a wall of fire right now, and I speak to your spirit, man, and I say, arise in Jesus' name. Isaiah 52, loose the bonds from around your neck and put on your beautiful garments and begin to sing. Begin to sing, begin to sing, begin to sing. I call forth your uh, promise of God over you, every destiny, everything that God has over your life. I call it forth in the name of Jesus. Your children are bound up within your decisions. Your grandchildren are bound up within your decisions. And I say, rise up in the power of his might and take up the sword of the spirit. I bless you in the the love of God, the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I just feel in my heart just to remind the listener right now that you died with Christ and you rose with him and you are co-seated with him in the heavenly places above all power, might, dominion, every name that's named, not only in this age and the age to come. You could not fight on your own. You could not do it on your own. Jesus did it for you, and now he wants to do it through you. You are with him and in him, and he's living his life through you. You are moving and living and having your being in God. He already won so we could walk in his victory. Nothing is too hard for you because nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is impossible for the Lord. Whatever's impossible for man is not impossible for God. And so I just want to leave you guys with that. You are strong when you feel weak. You are mighty when you feel small and unimportant. You are valuable. You are loved. You are cherished by God. You're not only loved by God, but he likes you a lot. He takes pleasure in your life. He's smiling over you. You can do all things, not not through your power, but through his spirit, through Christ, who gives you strength. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, Corey, how could people get connected with your ministry, find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, you can go to my, my passion in this season is online courses. Mm-hmm. I'm doing one right now. You can go to CoreyRussellOnline.com and we're doing a teach us to pray 40 days to shift your prayer life. You can jump into it now. It's CoreyRussellOnline.com. There's CoreyRussell.org, all my ministry stuff. And you can find me on Instagram, Brother Russell and all that stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with me, Corey. I appreciate your heart, your ministry, your insight, the revelation that you carry. It's been a joy to talk to you today. I loved it, man. (laughs) Thank you so much. For those who are tuning in right now, thank you for listening to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review so more people can be strengthened, blessed, encouraged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll see you next time on Awaken Podcast.